This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. I just drink wine. Welcome to the wine situation. Hello, my darling sweet babies who I love for listening to this. Actually, that's, I mean, that may not be true. And uh, I may not love you. I mean, it helps, but uh, I may not love you if you listen to this podcast. That being said, uh, if you don't listen to this podcast, I guess it doesn't matter, so I shouldn't say it, but that doesn't necessarily exclude you from my love. I'm pretty sure my parents don't listen to this podcast, and I love them all the same. Hi, Mom and Dad, if you're listening. What? I'm so sorry, guys. This is the wine situation, where the situation is I want you to make your way in the world filled with mirth, laughter, and knowledge about wine. And uh, also sometimes other things. Uh, what? Who am I? Why am I here to tell you about wine? Why do you trust me? Um, you probably, you know, you can trust me, but how do you ever really know how to trust anybody? I don't know. That is not the wisdom I can offer, but I can tell you about wine uh, because, you know, I, I've read a lot about it. I write for Delectable Venice, a handful of other places. I um, have a diploma from the Wine and Spirit Education Trust. I am a certified sommelier with Court of Mass de Sommeliers. Be that what it may, as I always say. <laughs> Be that what it may. And uh, yeah, so I'm here to give you wine knowledge. Hopefully keep you company if you're having it. You know what? It's been a long day. Like, just crack something delicious open. I don't care if you want to drink Mike's Hard Lemonade, if that's what you want right now. Sorry, it's really hot here in, in my um, in my condo, so uh, somehow... Well, no, I'm looking forward to drinking the wine I'm drinking tonight so much, but, like, right now, if something chilled sounds really good. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, I've got this beautiful glass of wine poured here, and it's. I think it, I probably should have poured it earlier because I think it needs to decant a little bit, or I'm suspecting it's the type of wine that will do well with some aeration. I, you know what? I'm before I get too sidetracked. Uh, first of all, I'm just gonna front load with. If you can go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review, I, if you just want to drop five stars, that's cool. If you want to say, hey, I like this podcast. That would help me even more. Um, you know, I said, I, I don't necessarily love you if you listen to this podcast, but it helps. Uh, if you leave me a rating and <laughs> review, that's like an extra two points for you. No, 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 no. Two points is shabby. Like, I, I don't even know how many points you need for my love, to be honest. And honestly, I've probably given it to people with, like, not enough points. I need to stop talking about love, you guys, because that's not what this podcast is about. Okay, uh, all I'm saying is a rating a review would be super duper cool. Let's let's have our day's agenda. We're not even, see, we're not even well. Okay, we're three minutes in now, and it's it's time to get through the agenda so you know what you're in for. Besides a wild ride. So uh, because it's been. Well, I guess I took, I said I was going to do every other week or like, I think I'm doing, I'm going on a two podcasts a month schedule right now. So I'm going to give you a little update on some of the things I might've been talking about in my last pod since it's been a couple of weeks. We're going to have a poll because while I say this is a podcast about wine, about me, uh, goth and cat things, um, you know, but mostly about me because I just want you to know I care about your opinions too. So I have a poll for you. That's not why necessarily. I just, um, I want you to know I care about you, boo. Um, then we are going to get to know and taste a wine made by a woman who I have had the honor of meeting and having dinner with. That was super cool. 
I, uh, we're going to have an on the food side. And then my dearly, lovely, awesome friend, Alyssa Bika, agreed to be my final five person of the week. So we will hear from her at the end of the episode. So here's the update. I, I think this is where I left things hanging. Um, I was trying to decide about the MW program, the Master of Wine program, and I have decided to wait a year. I... <laughs> I'm, I'm tired, guys. I'm stressed. I want to be able to go into it rearing to go and energetic with some money saved. And so I decided, and also I just, oh, there was just so much to do at the end of the month. And I wanted to, you know, you have to answer a lot of essays. I just, I want to be able to give it my best go. And uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on in my life that I'm not going to talk about on this podcast, but I decided it would probably be best to wait on the MW program. So there's that. Um, other update is I went up to Mendocino and also, I mean, it's part of Mendocino, but in my mind somehow they're they're the same, but they're different. I'm, gonna, I'm writing a whole article about Mendocino and Anderson Valley. I had the best time. I immediately felt like family because, like, so some of the lovely winemakers up there actually listened to my podcast when they found out I was coming. So that was nice. Um, and I drank a lot of delicious wines. I met some pretty awesome people. Uh, it was gorgeous. I hope to finish my article in a week or so. But I mean, it's just how do you? pin down such a free spirited region how do you yeah i'm i, I know my tack but uh, this is neither here nor there also i feel bad i got i got caught up there by there's a couple winemakers who you've heard on this podcast darren lowe of domaine anderson and theo from um theopolis and theo saw me on instagram being up there and was like hey and i was like hi i'm really sorry i didn't arrange my itinerary i don't know that i can see you and she's like well i'm out of town till friday anyway so i was like oh no but guys i gotta go back there it was great so that's that's an update what else um I wrote a script that's one of my favorite things I've written. It was a spec script. That means no one asked me to make it, but it's for a fellowship. Um, I wrote a spec script in the last month. And right now I'm, aside from working on my Mendocino article and possibly something, uh, possibly quite a few other things, but um, more importantly, reviewing canned wine. So maybe I'll add that to the poll, you know, um, that I'm going to ask you in a minute. Uh, I want to know what canned wine you recommend, because that's always fun. Okay, wait. Did I just go straight into... No, I know. I, I told you I was going to do a poll. Ugh. It is 10.31 on Sunday night, guys. I don't know where my mind is. Let's hop into that poll. I want to ask what your drinking superstitions are. So I have this thing I do. It's not... I don't know if it's a superstition or if I think something's going to happen or it's just, for me, it gives me a feeling of completeness. Whatever article I'm working on, the wines that I sample for it, I keep the bottles for all, all lined up on my stove, which has caused some people chagrin who are like, why do you have all these wine bottles on your stove? It's not safe. And I'm like, I, but they're not where the fire is. Um, but yeah, whatever I'm working on. So like last month I was writing about arrow like floral wines. So I just had a whole lineup of the bottles that I, end up, if I sample it and decide not to use it for the article and into the recycling it goes. But until that article 
comes out indelectable, I will hang on to the bottles. I don't know what I think is going to happen or why I feel like I do have to do this, but it's like a thing I have to do. And, and you know, I keep bottles and I keep corks from bottles I really love. So once in a while, I don't throw them all out. But then when the, once the article comes out, I can, I'm like, okay, into the recycling you go. Thank you for doing your service um, and keeping my morale up. <laughs> That's a wine superstition I have. Now, I know there's also a lot of superstitions about cheersing. Uh, you know, people don't cheers with water in your glass. Don't cheers with an empty glass. Uh, make eye contact while you cheers. I I was with someone who we had to make eye contact while we cheers and then kiss before we could sip. I mean, <laughs> I didn't mind it. <laughs> it was kind of fun. Um, my friend Eliza, whatever we're drinking, wine or not, we cheers and then she taps and I forget, I just sniff. Well, usually I'm sniffing um, while she's, she taps it on the bar before then taking a sip. So yeah, I just want to know, do you have superstitions about I can only drink this time wine at this time. I have to do this while I cheers. I I just want to know if you have any superstitions about wine, wine openers, anything drink related really. I want to know, so I'll I'll post that on the Instagram and you can let me know. I'm just being so efficient, guys. So, I first tasted Ellers, E H L E R S wine my first night in Napa Valley when I went for the Wine Writers Symposium because the wonderful woman who actually you've you've heard do a final five, um, Carrie Dykes, my friend, she's a wine writer. She and I shared a ride from the airport to uh, from the San Francisco airport to Napa and became besties like immediately. I love her so much. Carrie, I love you if you're listening to this. And you don't have to listen to it. I still love you. Um, speaking of love, the E on the Ehlers like, is stylized, so it kind of makes a sideways heart in it. Um, anyway, she was like, I am interviewing the winemaker at Ehlers the first night, because the symposium didn't have anything planned for us the first night we got there. And she's like, do you want to go with me and have dinner? And I said, yes, please. And so this winery has been around since, like, the mid late 1800s but in 2018 they hired a woman winemaker uh laura diaz munoz who yeah she's from spain um she tasted us on all her wines then we went to dinner and drank not her wines uh, which you know i think that's uh, that's kind of cool i like winemakers that like to drink their wine and also not their wine um laura is absolutely wonderful uh, as is Carrie. Like, that is seriously goes down in my memory as, like, a great night. And I have ordered their wine since, but I haven't had one in quite some time. So I was excited when I was sent this lovely... Oh, I don't know. I haven't tasted it yet. I hope it's lovely. It should be if Laura made it. Um, uh, oh, it's from 2017. Guys, I lied. This might... If she was hired in 2018, 2017 might have been right before she... Um, Unless she was hired in 2017 and the grapes, well, yeah, if they just harvested from 2017, maybe she took over from the winemaker who started the process. It's hard to say. Um, but right now she's there and I have this 2017 Napa Valley Cabernet from Ellers, which, by the way, Ellers is also the maiden name of Carrie Dykes. And there's some story, I could be getting this wrong, but some story she had about like, her mom had bought the wine for maybe was it her birthier wine. It was some special story, and she like drank it. And so now, whenever she goes there, she like buys her mom some Eller's wine. 
Uh, back to Laura, I'll read you her like bio on the website. It says, in 2018, Laura Diaz Munoz was brought to us as a winemaker and general manager. Educated in Madrid and trained in various wine regions around the world, Laura ultimately landed in Napa Valley, where she has been making wine for over 10 years. In the spring of 2019, Laura hired a vineyard manager, la la la. Okay, that's not about her. Um, but anyway, I'm excited to taste this wine. I've also like had their, their Merlot's good, their blends are good, their Sauvignon Blanc is delightful. I love their rosé. Oh my god, I love their rosé. So yeah, let's, uh, let's learn about this cab. I have the tech sheet here, and I'm not going to look at their tasting notes until I play the game that's not a game, what's in a glass, but uh, let's see. 2017 began with abundant rainfall, followed by a mild spring resulting in extended flowering with little shatter. You do not want your grapes to shatter. Um, I think that's what that means. Shoot, I'm so educated. I'm like, wait, shatter? Is that what it means? Sorry. Okay. Um, a Labor Day weekend heat wave kicked off harvest into high gear. Then cool weather allowed sugar levels to return to normal. By October 4th, all our grapes were happily fermenting in tanks. Most of them already pressed and in barrels, starting malolactic fermentation. By October 4th, guys, how, what, that, that's so efficient. Um, let's see. So this is 80% Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, 76% estate Oh, grown in their own vineyards, and 24% from Yontville, uh, and oh, there's also 20% Cabernet Franc in here. Oh, I already saw the alcohol level. So, uh, okay, before I see anything more that I shouldn't be letting cloud my judgment of what this wine is, let's play what's in the glass, the game that's not a game, where I just like walk you through how I taste a wine. So this wine is a rather opaque, deep ruby, um, barely fading into a bit of a watery rim. The tears appear to be thick and slow, like my mind. <laughs> that's not true. I, I like to think I have a quick wit. So yeah, that's really no evidence of gas or sediment. It appears to be sound. Oh, the, the nose, you guys, it leaps out of the glass at you. Uh, you get a lot of tobacco and cassis, like off the off the bat, like it's all that, all, like it smells like black currant jam um, and blackberries and tobacco and vanilla and it smells almost like you get a little bit of a, a lilac in there. Um, really just a pretty, 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 ooh, even maybe a white pepper, a uh, pretty nose, guys. God, this wine just smells gorgeous, as gorgeous as a person as my dear friends Laura and Carrie are. Ugh. Oh, to go back to Napa. Uh, and back to Mendocino. I digress. Okay, let's taste this. And there I go being superstitious that if I don't cheers you before I drink, something bad's gonna happen. I took the sip, but I did not I did not swallow until I cheersed you. I'm gonna do this again in a less stressed manner. Cheers. Mmm. 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 Ooh, structurally, Ooh. Um, structurally the wine is dry. The acid, I'm going to put it to medium. The alcohol is high. I would, tasting it, think around 15. I think I saw on the tasting sheet that it's less. I, I would probably put it at 15. Oh, they say 14.5%. Um, 
dry alcohol yeah so alcohol is high body is medium plus tenons are hmm. oh medium plus but very fine grained like they come in like a linen they just kind of like caress your tongue and give it a little roughing and then are like um fly free uh they're very polite tannins these tannin tannins had um parents that or you know family of choice that showed them how to behave <laughs> um i really i whatever they did to give that this tannic perception i I'm, I'm into it mm. mm -hmm. yeah flavor intensity is medium plus the palette echoes the nose a bit more pepperiness on it though i would say and, and obviously you know it smells sweet but tastes more savory yeah, you definitely, you get the oak influence. Um, I think I saw 49% oh, new French oak, 51% used French oak for 22 months. So this spent some time hanging out, hanging out in oak. Um, yeah, it's, you get, so you get like more of those tobacco-y, vanilla-y. Um, you get a little, you get all the deep, murky, dark berries. You get a little bit more the pepper uh, there's a little hint of like greenery on this i don't know that i'd call it like green bell pepper or even grass but what would i call it hmm Ooh. like just a savory herbs basil or something no not basil rosemary something that hints with like floralness and it's like floral and green um just like a really like uh, this is what Napa cabs, you know, should be like, in my opinion. I mean, they can be made in many iterations, to be fair. Mm. But I really like this. It's just so elegant. Mm. This wine is a linen purse <laughs> lined with silk. <laughs> it's, yeah, um... And it is a deep fuchsia color of pink. Kind of the color of my love lamp. Hmm. What else can I tell you about this? Oh, let's let's think about the finish. Uh, well, first let's look at front, middle, and back palette. Because I find that when I do evaluate those things separately, I actually do get and notice things about the wine when I don't. So... Mm. It's kind of like... It starts in just like you get a little bit of, you get like the tannic, for me I get like the tannins more up, up front just like sort of dry and not brash, but it doesn't reveal a lot. But then mid palette, it just sort of like uh, swells like a wave. <laughs> um, then all the fruits and the tobacco come roaring in and then it's just like all the dark juicy berries in the back. And then the vanilla is just like along for the ride and then the finish. Mm. The wave is crashing in, but it's rolling high up the beach with power, and you are feeling the, um, you know, it's when a wave crashes, but it continues to, you know, it rolls into the beach, and you're standing there, and you're looking at your feet, and as it starts fading back to the ocean, it looks like you're moving, your feet are speeding backwards. Do you know that? That's what, um, next time you go to a beach, do that. And notice how it feels like you're zooming backwards as the wave recedes, but the wave is not receding super fast. Because, um, yeah, this this wave 
rolled in quite far, and so it's taking a while to recede too. And just as you're like, ugh, is it is this wine leaving me? You take another seat and blah, the wave crests and it crashes, and you go on about your purple day. Oh my god, this smells so good. Okay, um, well done, Laura and company. Um, oh, they bottled it August 20th, 2019. Wow, so close to my birthday. My birthday. I don't care, you guys can know how old I was. Just ask, I'll tell you. Um, okay, yeah, that's Ellers. I highly recommend them. You're supporting a woman winemaker. Um, yeah. I should, I will also hopefully next soon, I feel like, I feel guilty <laughs> reviewing a Napa wine on this because like I just spent all this time in Mendocino, but I didn't bring wines back for me, uh, back with me and I'm, they're shipping one to me. Um, so I didn't have a bottle of it to review on this particular episode, this episode, but I will soon. Are you ready for an on the food side? Cause I am. So I want to talk about tortilla chips because I fucking love tortilla chips. I do not really like potato chips. I mean, if they're there, maybe I'll munch on one, but I don't feel good about it and my body doesn't either. <laughs> as much as I have done two episodes on the glory of potatoes, don't love potato chips, love tortilla chips. And the reason I forgot, uh, the reason I thought to talk about this is my parents were recently in town and we were, they were staying in Santa Monica and we went to Mercado which, and I wasn't really hungry, so, but you have to order, I, I get a little grumpy about having to order chips and salsa for the table, but, like, I wasn't hungry enough for a full entree, I just, I wanted to munch some chips, man, um, and the chips there were, like, the epitome of what I want out of a freshly made tortilla chip. They somehow magically stayed warm the whole meal, although we're like, we were also seated by um, a heater, like an out one of those, uh, 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 what are they called? You know, out those outdoor heater things <laughs> that they have everywhere in Los Angeles. So I don't know if that was keeping them warm, but they were like just the right temperature. And I guess if you don't like salt, maybe you wouldn't love them, but they were quite salty, but not too salty. Just salty enough that like the next day I was like, ooh, these chips, if they were a little bit more salty, my mouth wouldn't be feeling too good after eating so many, but like, I feel fine. And they were the right thickness. Um, you know, you have ones that get too thick and they're doughy, and then you have ones that are just like flake into nothingness. They were the right thickness. They had enough, they, you know, sometimes you get ones that are kind of dry. Sometimes you get ones that are oily. They were the epitome of what I want out of a freshly made tortilla chip. And so it comes to the end of the meal and uh, there were still not a lot, but enough left in the basket. I was like, oh, could, could I have a bag? I would like to, you know, not waste these chips. And inside my heart, I was like, I hope they weren't going to snack on these, but they, they probably weren't. I mean, they probably have unlimited chips available to them. I would like to imagine. Um, I would like to imagine that if I were working at Mercado, that I would get to take home fresh chips every night. And so... We were kind of waiting and waiting. We're like, oh, we're not sure if they're going to come uh, uh, with this bag or not. And I was like, oh, well, it's in a napkin. Maybe I'll just... So I was just tying up, tying them up into a little satchel when uh, they came out with this <laughs> giant bag, like uh, not giant bag, but like the kind of bag that, you know, the to-go to containers will fit in. It was 
full of a fresh batch of these chips, uh, a, a ton of them. And they're like, and I felt kind of bad because I mean, I was like, because then they're like, here, we brought you fresh ones to take home uh, and we'll take away these. And they like picked up my little satchel and I felt bad because I was taking it home in part because I wanted to eat them. So I was glad I had the others, but also because I didn't want to waste food. <laughs> At any rate, that got me thinking about tortilla chips and ones I've loved and ones I have not. And I have to admit, when it comes to store-bought chips, I don't know that I have a favorite. Um, I think I've liked, shoot, suddenly I'm blanking on the brand name. Uh, when I think of Doritos, I think mainly of the flavors. Why am I blanking on the name of, you know, they're a pretty common tortilla chip brand. And they make, it's not Doritos that makes, so I like the ones that are like scoop shaped kind of, I just because they also have the right sort of amount of saltiness and enough heft and also enough like body and also just like the shape is fun and also I'm one of those people who eats also with a spoon so when I do want to actually scoop I like that I can scoop a lot. Uh, I will say that I don't I wish I liked Taco Bell's chips. I like their other potatoes so much. Oh wait, but they're not potato chips, they're tortilla chips. But they're I, I'm, they're like always been too thin and just kind of tasted like nothing and staleness. So sorry, Taco Bell, I love you. I, especially because you brought back your potato stuff, but man, like keep fries on the menu permanently and like stop fucking up the chips. Now thinking about Doritos, do we count those as tortilla chips? Like, I love myself some uh, nacho, nacho cheese Doritos. I confess, I don't... I know people love Cool Ranch, they, they really do, but I... It's like something that I take one bite of and then I'm like, I'm going to taste this for the rest of, the rest of my life. No, um, just like, I don't want this flavor in my mouth forever. I'm, I'm sorry, Cool Ranch. Um, I was thinking about blue corn tortilla chips and you know I don't I feel like I like earthy things but to me they have like an earthiness that I don't find pleasant and I feel like all the ones I've had maybe it's just because they're all like I feel like it's usually like a health brand that makes them and they're just like just don't have enough flavor I don't I don't know what to say uh chips I Trader Joe's has these like chips made of a bunch of different stuff uh, that someone I was living with used to buy all the time. I really liked those. What else can I say about tortilla chips? Um, I, I like them in their different applications. I like to scoop queso with them. I like to scoop um, salsa with them. I nachos. Am a, I'm a picky person about nachos. They need to not be too greasy. They have, need to have enough cheese. I like it when some of the cheese gets a little solidified and some of it's still melty. Like that's fun. What else can I say about tortilla chips? I honestly, I haven't tried enough flavors of them to have like strong flavor uh, opinions about them. Why did I even make this on, on the food side? I have not, you guys, I have not done my due diligence. I, I, I have not been educating myself on the tortilla chip situation <laughs> enough for this perhaps. So yeah, that being said, it's not a tortilla chip. It's a corn fried thing, but can we all just have a moment of uh, reverence for Fritos? A moment of silent reverence. Thank you, Fritos. 
I love Fritos so much. And you know what? They're really, they're pretty natural. They're just like um, corn and oil and salt. If you read the ingredients, that's like all there is. Love some Fritos. Do they count as a, I guess they're not a tortilla chip. They're a corn chip. <sighs> Life, it's not so complicated. And yet I, I can make it complicated. I, that's something I excel at. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with me. Also, so I want to know what canned... I have so many assignments for you this week. If you are paying attention to this and you get all the assignments done, I you will get an extra six points on the love scale. <laughs> that, you know, just, just keep working your way closer to my heart, guys. My heart's my heart. I only have one. I, it gets broken and I just keep fixing it. I don't know why, but, you know... I keep finding more things in life to love, so I guess that's why. So, okay, the three things I want to know. What canned wine do you like? What are your wine superstitions? Like, can you drink without cheersing? Um, is that something bad's going to happen? And finally, what tortilla chips do you love? What tortilla chips do you hate? Are you like, fuck tortilla chips? G give me the deets. Okay, that's all I personally have for you. So my friend Elisa, uh, Alyssa Bika, she is a sommelier at 70, uh, 71 Above, which is in DTLA, downtown LA. She also is someone who writes. She's a, just like a super cool person. We just, during pandemic, we FaceTimed one time just to, she's like, oh, you're another person who writes and is into wine. Like, let's let's talk. And she's she's super cool. She's writing a blog right now called Off the Beaten Wine Path. I think I'm getting that right. Off the Beaten Wine Path. Find it on Instagram uh, where she does like unusual varieties for pairings. And yeah, I I'm recording this before I'd interview, I've interviewed her, so hopefully everything goes according to plan. I don't know why it wouldn't, uh, but I can tell you that I, I think you'll like Alyssa too. So until, you know, the next podcast, please enjoy my conversation with Alyssa Bika and cheers. Hello. This call is being recorded. Oh, and there's the creepy voice. Hey, Alyssa, how are you? Yeah, I know. I, I heard the creepy voice. Yes. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for agreeing to do the Wine Situation Final Five Questions. Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we can just jump right into them if you're ready. It's just five easy breezy questions about food and wine and your life. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, yeah. Okay, so question number one. Very simple. Just uh, what you drinking? What are you into these days? Oh, man. I've been really into Italian wine these days. I have, I just bought a Luce. It's a Merlot Sangiovese blend. I really like like the earthiness of, of Italian wines. I also have a Grafalco Aglianico. Um, that's absolutely amazing. It's from Basilica as I'm stumbling on the words, uh, Basilicata. Uh, it's from like Aglianico de Vulture, which is kind of a oh. little lesser known than the Tarazi, but it's so, so good. Very earthy, Gr very nice. I've had Grafalco, uh, it's Grafalco, right? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've had that before. It's so tasty and I love their labels too, which is very important. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh -huh. The art on the label is always important. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, question number two is either what is either a favorite 
or um, an unusual pairing that you have enjoyed? And it can be in any kind of beverage, any kind of, it doesn't even have to be food. We've had people say cigars and burgundy before. So any kind of pairing. Oh, hmm. that's a hard one. I mean, we pair at my restaurant every night with food. So I have all of those pairings in my head. Recently we <laughs> did, um, we're doing a pork that has this treviso. It's a vegetable that kind of looks like an endive, but it's a little bit bitter. And we are pairing it with a Napa Valley Sauvignon Blanc because of that bitter vegetable quality and the little vegetable quality of the Sauvignon Blanc. I'm really enjoying that. But I also, I'm like, you know, my favorite pairing ever is chocolate with peanut butter. So <laughs> making like <laughs> a, some kind of chocolate peanut butter dessert and having a good Madeira. Uh, oh. I really like the like brown sugar, caramel cookie dough quality of Madeira with desserts. And since my favorite dessert is anything chocolate peanut butter, I'd have to say that with Madeira. Oh my God, that sounds so good. <laughs> I feel like Madeira yeah. is just <laughs> overlooked far too often. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many great different styles. There's the drier styles and the sweeter styles. You kind of find something for everyone. Yeah, totally. Um, all right. Number three is because I know you write too. Um, do you have a favorite thing? I, I know, I think you said you're a morning writer, so you're probably not drinking wine while you're writing, but do you have a favorite thing to drink or snack on while you're working? Hmm. Well, it's different. So when I write creative writing, like stories, I'm probably just drinking a gallon of coffee. Um, <laughs> but if I'm wine writing, I actually do really like to taste what I'm writing about while I'm writing. Usually if I'm going to write Same about here. I pick up an extra bottle. Yeah, I'm like, you got to keep drinking it while you're talking about it. That's how you can get really inspired. You know, you yeah. get in a comfortable like little nook. I actually have like a big Papazon chair and I'll sit in there with like my wine with mm -hmm. my computer on my lap. And usually that's when all the magic happens. All the tasting notes will just come as I'm slowly sipping and being very, very relaxed. Nice. Cool. Um, all right. Uh, next question is where, now that things in our beautiful city of angels are opening up post pandemic, uh, what is a place that you are uh, excited to return to or that you've been wanting to go and didn't get to go because of post, uh, because of pandemic. Yeah. I really want to go. I work downtown. So I really want to go to, is it Death Cabin Co or Death and Co? I'm going to sound. Oh, Death and Co. So, oh, Death and Co. Yeah. We need uh, to have a, 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 a girl date night there because I have their cookbook and I've always wanted to go there and I've never oh. been either. Amazing. Yeah. And one of our old bartenders, like from my restaurant, just started working there. So he's been like, you got to come. And I'm like, I want to go because there's so many amazing craft cocktails and it's supposed to be just the best. And now, yeah, if you have the cookbook, got to pair the food yeah. and the drinks. Like, I definitely want to go there. It's supposed to be amazing. I've never been, though. Ah, so cool. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, or I, when I said cookbook, I guess I should say cocktail book, but it's like everything I know okay. about making, like all the best tips that make me take like a half hour to make one cocktail I got from them <laughs> um, yeah no and I've been trying to practice making cocktails I mean especially during I'm just myself how to make 
some of them are okay. Some of them are good, but I, <laughs> I'm looking forward to like sitting in an actual bar with actual oh, yeah. just making me something amazing. So cool. All right. Okay. Well, the, we are down to our last question, which is the thing we've been asking people since the beginning of the show, which is just, uh, what, what's bringing you joy these days? <laughs> well, you know, I would say getting outside and like starting to do little travel. I actually just went to Willamette Valley last oh. week um, to try wine again at a winery. And that brought <laughs> me complete joy uh, to get out of L.A., travel, you know, know that people are vaccinated, I'm vaccinated, just getting out and going places is bringing me great joy. Um, and then I would say my constant dorky joy would have to call uh, Cat Logan. Uh, he always brings me joy. So <laughs> with or without Hi. quarantine. Love it. Uh, that's awesome. Um, okay. Well, before I let you go, do you just, do you want to tell people where they can find you, where they can read your stuff? all that kind of good stuff oh yeah um so i currently am a sommelier at 71 above downtown we have a beautiful three-course tasting menu that we offer wine pairings for so please come down and see me there i would love to talk wine with you and and share some nice pairings uh you can also read my blog i have it is called off the beaten wine path that is like the online thing too it's like www.offthebeatenwinepath.com mm-hmm. or you can find me on instagram at off the beaten wine path so yeah rock on well thank you so much for being my guest um of course thank you for having me we'll have to go grab a cocktail sometime soon oh my gosh i would love that yes please awesome okay well enjoy the rest of your day thanks for being on the show thank you so much <laughs> cheers bye Bye. Glass. Glass. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with IPAs. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with Minute Maid. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with Coffee Maid. I just drink wine. Give me red, white, or say, Don't test me, motherfucker. I'm a Somali been a boardwalk audio podcast for more information and shows visit boardwalkaudio.com don't forget to rate and subscribe now